I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to this edition of Morgan he Asked For. Again, on a Thursday night, just schedules and everything. Uh, it just kind of works uh, better uh, with Trev traveling. And then, you know, I, I was busy on Monday night and everything. We're going to, we'll talk about that first. But um, we had, we had a, an entire podcast on it. But Zach Bryan's both one of our favorite uh, musicians. And he was in Council Bluffs, Iowa on Monday night. And I drove over and saw him. Um, it was a great concert. It was difficult to get into the venue. Um, I've seen anywhere from 12,000 to 13,000 people were there. All I know it was, it was very uh, well attended and it was packed at a County fairgrounds. They were, I don't think they were ready for that many people. Um, but once I got in, it was, it was great. And, and he put on a great show. Uh, first thing he came out and said, his voice is, was not what it what it uh, should be, but he's done a lot of concerts lately in a short amount of time, so that that really didn't surprise me. Yeah, it looks like uh, like you said, the the venue wasn't ready for this many people. I think a lot of venues that have had Zach Bryan outside of the real big ones haven't been ready for the crowd. I, I remember there was one in like Kentucky, I think it was, where basically they shut down not only the venue but blocks and blocks away of people just standing in the streets. And so that's that's not totally surprising. Sound like he really liked the show, though, the crowd. I saw a bunch of videos from it. It looked it looked awesome from what I saw. No, it was very good. It was, uh, you know, we saw him, well, right about a, a year ago in November uh, at the mm-hmm. Valair there in Des Moines. And, you know, yeah, this place was, you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere a little bit. And, um, yeah, people left their cars on the highway and walked. I mean, it was, it was kind of crazy. It was... Uh, you know, we persevered and, and we got all the way in and it took a while to get in, but to get out, actually, we were, we walked to our car, we got in it, we waited our turn, you know, it was kind of one in, one out and, but just, yep. you know, five minutes and we were out and we were on our way. Um, so we can't, you know, uh, but in was an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those, I don't know what they do any better. It's just that you can't Uber there. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I heard people that did Uber, you know, from Council Bluffs or from Omaha, you know, they just got out and started walking. Um, you know, it's, it's it. I don't know what you do differently because of just the way the whole venue is set up. Um, it's not made to have, you know, it's not Wells Fargo Arena. It's not CHI event center in Omaha that, that, you know, is used to having 10 to 15,000 people. It's just the way it is. Smaller places like that, they book these guys year two, three in advance, whatever it might be, but usually a year or two, I think, but right. Uh, they probably weren't expecting that many, but as a lot of artists get more popular, that's what's going to happen. And yeah, no, I mean, at least you got out of there to get at least a decent pace. It sounds like so. 
He uh, yeah, so, his, his new album's coming out in February. I sent you a link that he's he's blowing up on a lot of platforms that don't. Um, he doesn't get a lot of radio time, but everything else he's doing really well in. Yeah, that's what I know. You sent me some stuff, and and we we keep tabs on him, uh, probably more than most. But like 131 million listens to on Spotify for something in the orange. Um, they actually have put that out on the radio a few times. Like if you listen to XM or Sirius, it is on the highway or whatever. Um, it's on like the 50 most played on Spotify. It's on, you know, Country Fresh or one of those country playlists. Mm -hmm. uh, so something in the orange is catching on a little bit, a little bit more mainstream than than any of his others. So we'll see. Yeah, regardless, he's still got a, a big time following. So it, it really yeah, doesn't I mean, matter at, at this point. Every word to every song was sang uh, on Monday night. I mean, it, it was really cool. Yeah, I, I think that's from every video I see on a daily or weekly basis. I think that's usually the case because that's just that's just how his fans do it. They're they're fun concerts as we've we've both experienced. Yeah. You need to win the lottery or something, Trev, and get tickets to Red Rock. That'd be pretty cool, I think. It'd be but, cool, but but, uh, but I get I, it. I mean, I mean, it's just not possible for people like us. No, I, as I texted you the other night, I think most sites, StubHub, um, Ticketmaster, whatever. Once you pay the fees and everything, it's close to six hundred dollars. So, um, I I can't justify it, <laughs> even though I right. really want to. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, yes. Could could we both pay that? Absolutely. Um, but like you said, you really can't justify it. No, Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up, so I gotta, I gotta save some more money for for those things. Those yep, times. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I know we usually do this. Where are you at tonight, Trev? Grand Junction, Colorado. So besides home, uh, I, you and I probably talk the most when I'm here in Grand Junction. It's a basically a halfway point between Denver and Salt Lake. Um, I'm at a double tree here that's usually stay about 20 or 30 nights a, a year. So this is probably the hotel I stay at the most. Uh, so you, you walk year. in and they go, hi, Trevor. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, as long as, uh, as long as Austin is working, he, he knows me. Uh, he, he works most days at the, uh, at the front desk. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with everything here. Uh, it's a nice hotel and got a big workout room, even though sometimes I, uh, I don't always use it. I should though. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, the sports. Uh, college football, obviously number one for us right now. Um, really a bad day uh, last Saturday for both the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones. You know, Hawkeyes much more expected uh, playing number four Michigan. You know, they held in there for a while, but uh, ended up losing um, 13 points. I think it was 27-14, I think, was the final. Um, just, you know, never really thought they were going to win the football game. But we're never really blown out either, which is what you expect from Iowa. Uh, but just – you can just kind of see that their football players just aren't as good of football players as Michigan, kind of up and down and at all positions. And that always hasn't been the case. Um, you know, you get those top five teams into Kinnick, and they, they had won five of the last six. Now all those games had been at night. You know, and the one loss was to Saquon Barkley, and they, they scored on the last play of the game. So it was one heck of a football game. But as Hawk fans have talked about, and I know in our chat and just everything, this Iowa team 
isn't as well-rounded and maybe not as expected to be in those games as every other year. Like, you know, when they go last year, you know, were they supposed to be the number two team in the country? No, but when they went and played Penn State, who was ranked right there, you knew they had a chance to win. And if they made a play, they were going to win. Well, Saturday, I believe there was really – if they would have won the football game, it would have shocked all Hawk fans, in my opinion. And that's the first time you could say that in a long, long time. No, you're, you're right. I, I know I picked them to win, but, you know, realistically, taking your heart out of it, you're right. And the most – well, yeah, probably the most surprising thing that stuck out to me at the beginning of the game was Blake Corum, great running back. But Iowa could not stop him – they, they couldn't stop the run. Right. And they were, they were getting four or five, six yards of carry play after play after play. And, you know, typically you'd expect the Iowa defense to tighten up and hold them, but they, they just couldn't do it. And Iowa's offensive line outside of two drives, the one scoring drive. And then the, the final, well, not the final drive, but the drive they had where they got stopped on fourth down. Uh, those two drives, the offensive line for Iowa played well. Outside of that, that we've talked about it before, I, I think regardless, Petrus isn't very good. But Brett was talking that this is probably one of the worst Iowa lines in 20-plus years. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, we've all heard Kirk Ferentz at the press conferences and everything say that it's not all on Petrus. And, and I agree with you. He's not real good. But I think Ferentz knows that the old line isn't very good. And it's not usually like that at Iowa. So he truly isn't blaming it all on Petrus. It doesn't matter who the quarterback would be. Uh, their own line isn't good. They can't run the ball consistently. And so it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's just not going to be very good. And so they're just going to keep trotting Petrus out there. And, you know, I've, I've asked this question to a bunch of Hawk fans, and I get different answers and everything. And I, I heard a good one this week on the radio. Tyler Kluver, who was the long snapper from Marshalltown, they asked him about, um, kind of asked the same question that I've been asking, is losing Coach Doyle having an effect on the offensive line? And he had a great point, and it's something only someone that would know that goes to practices would, that he's like, you know, in the weight room and stuff, probably not a lot because the guy they had doing it or anybody that really is at that level knows what they're doing and they're going to should get the most out of the kids that they can. But I didn't know this, that Doyle, you know, obviously cannot coach or most strength coaches don't really coach on a daily basis, but I guess Doyle spent a ton of time with the O line and he's an old O line coach before he turned into a strength coach. So I think he was maybe a little bit more instrumental in coaching the O line than I thought I, I was under that. When I asked that question, I was completely under the impression of just are the way they do in strength and conditioning and everything just different. But what I heard out of that conversation was he might've had way more influence on actually coaching the offensive line than I thought and not just the strength side of it. Yeah, that, that may very well be because you you could be on to something there with what you just brought up because we haven't seen this out of Ferentz, a, a really bad O-line like this. Besides, I was too young to remember his first year. I know they were really right. bad. And and you uh, can't. And that's just 
that's just him taking over a bad program right. year and, one. And he turned it around in a hurry. I mean, it, but 2002, they they went 12 and one. I mean, yeah, you, know. you, you might be on to something there. That that's something to pay attention to in the next next year or two. Really, next couple of years. So, uh, yeah, Doyle Doyle might have had more to do with the O line than just than just weightlifting. Right. And, and training in those and, and that's how I was asking that question. One hundred percent. I thought maybe just the way, but but Tyler Kluver was mentioned that, and it just kind of clicked in my head because I've been asking that same question, and assuming it was just you know the weightlifting and and how they train, but it just really surprised me how he said that. Yeah, no that that that's a good point. Uh, we're we'll find out. I mean. This it's tough to imagine the O line being worse next year or the year after. So we'll we'll know in due time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I think we'll have our answer within a year or two of what you're talking about. Absolutely. All right. Now let's go to Cyclones. They lose 14 to 11. Looks like a Hawkeye score. And I'm yes, I'm making fun of the Hawks there. Yes, okay. all you Hawkeye fans are listening to this. I'm making fun of you, but we're right there with you. And, and actually, we were at the Elks tonight a little bit. And uh, Mark Willett and I were talking about Iowa State and how their offense sucks and can't score. And and Brett was over there. Hey, that's our gig. We, that's us. That's the Hawks. That's not Cyclones. And that's true. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, Iowa State's really struggled on the offensive side. Um, just missed three field goals. Can't finish. You know, they're in the red zone, um, I think, seven times or, or real close. Uh, seven possessions. And just couldn't do it. And anytime you lose to, to Kansas, and yes, they're ranked number 19 in the country and they're undefeated, but um, I truly believe Iowa State is a better football team than, than Kansas. Uh, but on that day and so far this season, uh, they are not. And, and Kansas just keeps winning. Yeah, looking at the uh, team stats here. Oh, it's just, unbelievable. Just a few. Iowa State had double the first downs, yep. four or five on fourth, more total yards. Uh, more rushing yards, Iowa State actually was not good. But you're right, no. um, missing those three field goals, that's a, yeah, that's a killer. You make one of those and you're at least tied. Right, absolutely. And then just – and we talked about that too. Is Iowa State special teams are just you, – you look at the last three years, I can make an argument that they've lost four football games at least solely on their special teams. And, and that would have changed – I mean, you think of Iowa State's three and two. There's so much difference in a football team, and, and the Hawkeyes are the same way, between three and two and four and one. I, I think that difference is just absolutely huge. It uh, is. And and it's just and, – and now, you know, this week for both Iowa and Iowa State are essentially must wins. If you want to go to a bowl game, if you want – to go to anything, you know, if you're Iowa, it, it, it looks bleak and everything, but honestly, they can still win the Big Ten West very easily. They're, the Big Ten West is awful as a whole, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they could win that easily, I think. Wisconsin fired their coach. Um, Illinois just had beat them. Purdue has lost. I mean, it – I mean, it's – a little bit of a shit show in the Big Ten West this year. And, and the Hawks, somebody's got to come out of there, and it might as well be the Hawks if they turn it around. Yeah, it's probably not going to be Nebraska or Northwestern. And with right. Wisconsin firing their coach, you could 
you can probably eliminate those three. So right. then you look Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, Purdue. Well, this this Illinois Iowa game is a big one, and you're right. This is a must win for Iowa because if if they lose to if they lose to Illinois, then they have a bye week. Then they're at Ohio State. Yeah. That can be back to back losses, and you could be three and four in a in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you look at you know Iowa State's kind of the same boat. You know, they've lost uh, two in a row. They lose this week to Kansas State. That's three in a row. You have a bye week, or no? You play Texas next week. That won't be easy at Texas. I don't care who you are. No. And then you have a bye week. Then you play Oklahoma. I mean, you you could be staring down zero and five in the Big Twelve in a hurry if you don't win this week. No, you're right. And thankfully for Iowa State, it's a night game at Jack Trice, so that's you you love to see that, obviously, as a fan. But yeah, you're right. Both teams, you got to win. Iowa State's got the tougher matchup on paper because Kansas State is ranked. Right. Illinois Illinois four and one, but I'm not sure really if they're truly a, a good team just yet we'll, we'll find out but the, the Kansas teams are are both playing pretty well this year so that's that's kind of nice to see yeah who who would have thought this this week game day is at Kansas Kansas and TCU you know what other games going on this weekend that I if, if they would have asked us July 10th that where game day was going to be Alabama Alabama and Texas A&M are playing yep <clears throat> But look at Texas A&M. We, we talked about them before the season, how they've been a, really a disappointment under Jimbo Fisher. Here they are. I think they're three and two right now. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even three. know, but it's not going well there. No, it's not. And but yeah, no, the, the Kansas, the state of Kansas is a surprise. It's it's kind of cool to see some new teams in there in the top twenty-five. But yeah, you're right. Iowa and Iowa State both have to win this week. If they don't. Uh, the the seasons could really turn sour in a hurry for both of them. And I got I got bets on the over on both of them, so I need them to win some football games. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you mentioned that you uh you bet both. So it looks like uh Broncos just missed a field goal. So yeah, I got a block. There, that's another <clears throat> team that cannot do anything on offense. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll we'll get to NFL here. Uh, but yeah, no, as far as college football goes, I. Uh, I know you kind of – I didn't know if there was anything else you want to talk about. I know before you mentioned maybe some – some maybe make some playoff well, predictions. Let's just talk about this, you know. Um, you know, Wisconsin fired their coach. Colorado fired their – Colorado, you you right there in your state might have the worst football teams in the history of football with Colorado State and Colorado. Um, you know, Air Force is, is fine, but Colorado and Colorado State are two of the worst football teams in football right now. Yeah, nobody out here cares. Yeah, they care less. Nobody talks about it. Like they, there's, it's not even a topic out here. It's, it's all, not it's even all a topic that they. Su- it's not even a topic that they suck. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very quick topic. Like Iowa, you know, the the talk radio shows will spend most of their time talking about Iowa and Iowa State. Out right. here, it's five minutes of college and it's fifty five minutes of Broncos. Right. So, yeah, and how uh, bad they suck. I mean, that's. I mean, that's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a must win for the Broncos, too. Well, for both teams, actually. But right. um, the Broncos, a little bit more pressure on them with the money. Yeah, they said that Reich, if Reich would lose this game, he might get fired tonight. Yeah, I heard, that's – I, I heard, heard that, that too. I don't, I don't know if it will be that soon, but him and uh, him and the uh, Matt Rule, those are two uh, – Matt Rule is probably on the hottest seat of anybody. But, yeah, no, out here in Colorado, we, we have very, very bad college football. 
uh, nothing to nothing to brag about. Air Force is uh, usually a an okay team, but they're Air Force, so right. they're not going to compete with the top dogs. Jesus, <laughs> it is Matt Ryan just threw another pick right he's, at. He's had a terrible season. You know, he's yeah. got nine fumbles on the year already. Right, and he's got uh, two picks tonight. He's he is looking about completely finished. I I thought uh, we talked about it months and months ago. This press conference, he seemed like a guy that was motivated to play two or three more years. I don't know if he can. It just I say he might not be allowed to. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he 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 looks awful right now. So I I don't know. Not that I I wasn't expecting Matt Ryan to leave the Super Bowl or anything, but. I figured he could be good enough to play two or three more seasons, but right now it's it's looking like uh, the Colts might go another year with a new quarterback eventually. <laughs> Absolutely. Me. All right. Yeah. Let's. Uh, you know, we're not halfway through the year yet, but we're we're well into college football. Um, let's both pick our final four as of today. You know, obviously, you know, are we going to be wrong? Probably, but I think it's always kind of fun to do. Um, mm-hmm. I'll do mine first, Trev. Okay. Uh, and and in no order here, but I mean you can sure. kind of make your own order as you want. Uh, but actually, I think that the biggest lock, in my opinion, to actually go to the Final Four is Ohio State. Um, they just look almost untouchable. Um, I just don't think Michigan can do it again. Um, but I have Ohio State, and then I have Alabama, and then I have Georgia. I know Georgia stumbled a little bit here, um, but I think they'll both end up finishing undefeated and then. It'll be a good SEC title game, and whoever wins obviously goes, and whoever loses will still get in. And then my fourth, which, you know, you said you kind of have a surprise, and and this is going to kind of be my surprise-ish. Um, I'm going to go USC. Um, I just think they're, uh, they're playing decent. The Pac-12 is not very good, and they're going to have opportunity. And don't kid yourself, if they are undefeated, they are USC, and they have Lincoln Riley as their coach. They will be in the playoff if they are undefeated. So you and I have the same four then. <laughs> um, I thought about Oklahoma State, which actually I probably have a little bit more faith in them. And, and they might. I mean, I, you know, obviously, you, you know. And, but just, I, and just looking, um, I agree with you the, on the top three. I, I Just looking through the top 25 rankings here, I think a team to keep an eye out on, you know, I, I'm not super confident is UCLA. Okay. Yeah. They're undefeated. So, I mean, obviously, you know, if, if they, if USC and UCLA both go undefeated until whenever they play, I think they play last week of the year. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they're going to have a great win there at the end of the year. And then if they can go win the, the Pac 12, um, both those teams have the, the name recognition and the coach. They're in the playoff. Chip, they won't leave Chip Kelly out undefeated. I promise you. Yeah, just looking at um, – I pulled up Clemson's schedule here because, uh, you know, obviously they're ranked number five. Uh, they got to go to Florida State. They got 22 Syracuse at home. Then they got to go to Notre Dame, which Notre Dame's down right now. Right. And they still got to play Miami. Miami could be a, a tough out at the end of the season. I think Miami's going to be good in two or three years. Right. Actually, uh, you know, obviously Clemson's probably the favorite because Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. So right. They're gonna, and the Big Ten – by all, unless something crazy happens, it's not going to get two teams in. No. Uh, only the SEC really has the ability to do that. So, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. I, it's, I think it's got to be, I don't know, you, Tennessee and Mississippi, do we think they're going to get in? I, I doubt it. 
No, that that that's the only the only way. You know, the Big Ten could get to if, let's say, you know, Alabama or G- Georgia. Both or whoever, you could you could put Tennessee or Mississippi in there, lose a regular season game, then they lose again, so they have two losses, and then the champ is has got the one, so then that two loss team may not get in. Yeah, and it, 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 it can happen. If the I, only loss that Ohio State or Michigan has is to each other, you know? no, I I agree. With you. I I think if you look at the the top seven in the rankings, uh, Michigan for Clemson, USC, and Oklahoma State, I think I think four of those seven are the ones that are going to be in. Yeah, like, college football is obviously a lot easier to predict. We talk about it all the time, but you're right. The, the the SEC. I mean, you look at Tennessee, Ole Miss. They're undefeated. Maybe they can knock off. Uh, Georgia and Alabama each, and then, as you mentioned, they have losses, and maybe only one SEC team gets in, uh, but it's going to take some help. So, most likely, four are going to come from that top seven there. Uh, I, I 100% agree on that. I mean, it's – unfortunately, it's just the way college football is right now. And um, So, look, I'm going to ask you a question here. So Nebraska and Wisconsin both fire their coaches and, and they are going to reportedly be kind of going after the same type of coach or even the same coaches. Lance Leopold, you know, Matt Campbell, Matt Rule, I think would be involved in both of those <coughs> conversations. Um, do you think Wisconsin fired their coach because of that? And then also I think they want to see how this Jim Leonard does, who's their defensive coordinator, because uh, he would have been a big name for some of these jobs as well. Yeah, Joel Klatt said he thought it was a kind of a mutual, somewhat mutual uh, separation for Wisconsin there and their coach. Uh, he didn't think it was purely just a, a, a straight firing, but mainly, yeah, Jim Leonard's a hot name. Wouldn't be surprised if if he just take obviously he's going to take over now and then he right. and, 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 and if he would g- come let's say win the West and you know those are you know seven games left or whatever it is and he goes you know six and one or five and two he probably gets the job that's a mute point yeah and they might already be planning on him being the coach no matter what All um, right that that could be in the works uh, so yeah who you know. What job would you rather have, Wisconsin or Nebraska? Today? Yeah. Wisconsin. I agree. Um, Nebraska's got the history, but yeah, I mean Wisconsin still Wisconsin still has a damn good roster for the most part. Yeah, Wisconsin won nine games last year. And if yeah. they beat Minnesota, they they go to the the Big Ten title game, not Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they controlled their own destiny. They just didn't win. Yeah, I think Kellen Moore, you know, the the Cowboys offense coordinator is a guy to keep in maybe a, a professional name on you mentioned Matt rule, Matt rule is probably going to get fired right. one way or another. So yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's always the thing, one. you know, kind of people make fun of, or just say, why do these people go to the NFL or the NBA or whatever? It's because if you go there and you don't succeed, you can come back to college and kind of almost name your job. If you want, you know, he did a good job at temple. He did a good job at Baylor. Well, let's, I mean, I I would say that Wisconsin and Nebraska are both better jobs than Baylor. You know, um, yeah, history wise, so, Baylor's Baylor's uh, right now uh, right a good team, right? But I'm just saying, 
So he's going to walk back into college football if he wants, and he may not want to, um, into a better job. So it was worth what, everything he did. So here's a hypothetical for you. What if what if Matt Campbell left for Nebraska? Okay. And then Matt, Matt Rule comes in Iowa State. Your no way. I, I hate that guy. <laughs> um, I, I honestly he, – he might actually be a really good dude and a really good coach, but I honestly think because of what happened uh, two years ago, <laughs> three years ago, whatever it was, that kind of fight and everything, I honestly don't think uh, Iowa State AD would hire him because of that one thing. He may be a great dude, um, mm -hmm. and it, he really might not even have that big of a deal with that. It was the players. You know, because um, he honestly wasn't even at Baylor very long. So it's not like he bred that culture. Might not even been guys he recruited or whatever. Um, but honestly, I think Iowa State fans would revolt if he was the coach because of that right there. Like every time they play Baylor, that picture comes up where Rule and Campbell shake, but don't even look at each other. And you can just tell they hate each other. And yeah, um, that would not happen. I, I would I would bet a lot of money on that. No, no, I I agree. I just I wanted to see what but, your uh, what your yeah. facial reaction was when I said that. <laughs> yeah, the the only person I actually might want him over is PJ Fleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PJ's a he's he's annoying in himself. We've talked about that before. Right. So, yeah, no colleges. Um, I mean, we know how it is. It's the same four, six, eight teams every year right now until they get that expanded. Um. It's always going to be that way. So we know who the top dogs are. We know our Iowa teams. We're just we're hoping for good bowl games, good seasons. And right now, both both the Iowa teams, uh, the season's on the line this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're looking at right now. You just uh, both teams just want to get to a bowl game right now. I mean, I, I truly believe that they're trying to win a football game to keep those bowl games alive. And I really didn't think either team would be in that situation this year. I thought both of them, uh, seven, eight, nine wins. I really did. Yeah, and and they can still get there, but right, and and that's the thing CBS, is, and that's what's funny is they're both three back. and two, seven games left. I mean, ultimately, they both could win ten games still. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's very unlikely, uh, but yeah, you go win seven in a row. You're ten and two. You're ranked about number eight in the country. No one cares. Yeah, and lock and change. So. Um, as long as they don't have that uh, that bowl game at Yankee Stadium anymore, whatever that was called, uh, it's the Pinstripe Bowl. I think they might still have it. It's just yeah, uh, the, the the Big Twelve is not tied into that anymore. Uh, well, it was the Big Twelve versus the Big Ten because Iowa State played Rutgers in it. Yeah, uh, and Iowa was, Iowa played there years ago, and that's that's like that's the bowl game you don't want to go to, even though New York is cool. Uh, right, it's just, I mean, it's I, I think those... everything everything about it's probably pretty cool, except for the weather. And, you know, um, I, I really I've never been to New York. So, I mean, I can't say that what it's like, but I think it'd be kind of cool. But, yeah, I, Iowa State played Rutgers in it kind of the last time uh, Rutgers was any good when Shiano was the coach the first time. Yeah, and Iowa played Boston College and it was the, the fans are so far away from the field. Going to New York, you're right. New York is amazing. So that that's cool. But the atmosphere in a baseball stadium to me, I wish I wish they would stop doing that. It's just the fans are so far away from the from the field most of the time but yeah Iowa State they got to win this week and hopefully both teams can get to eight wins like I talked about before if Iowa goes seven and five or worse it's just it's just kind of a wasted season it feels like 
you're just not excited for the bowl game typically. All right. All right, let's take a, a quick break here after our, our college talk here, and we'll come back and talk to the NFL. Sounds good. All right, welcome back to the second half here of Morgan Asked For Podcast. Thursday night, uh, you know, we're, we just started the fourth quarter here. Russell Wilson just uh, threw a pick, and now he's hurt. <laughs> I think he just walked into the blue tents. I don't know if it's – he got. Uh, he tried to throw a block or tried to go make a tackle and got blocked. Um, so we'll see. Um, but overall, NFL uh, week last week. Uh, kind of what were some of your highlights, Trev? Uh, obviously, the Eagles getting a four zero. Yep. I think it's a big deal. Uh, they look like potentially the best team out there. The Bills being the Ravens was was a big game. Uh, the Chiefs knocking out the Buccaneers. I, th I think the Bucs are going to be fine long-term. The Chiefs look arguably as the best team in the league, which is no surprise. Mahomes and Andy Reid, uh, not too shocked there. Uh, the Rams really look sloppy. And a couple more, the Cowboys get another win with their backup quarterback, Cooper Rush. And the, the Lions go to one and three. And you've probably seen this stat, but the, the Lions are the highest scoring offense in the league. But they're the worst, uh, worst defensive scoring team in the league too. So yep. they have the best offense and the worst defense, and there they sit at one and three. Yeah, it, it's kind of um, not it's it's the Hawks, but kind of overtime where you know the Hawks are one of the worst team off, or uh, offensive teams, but they also are you know at one time they were the worst scoring offense, but they were the best scoring defense. Um, well, <laughs> you know the Lions are are the worst in the worst <laughs> or best in the worst. I mean, it's the yeah. opposite. Before the season started, I, I talked, I thought the Lions offense could be pretty good. I didn't think they'd be number one right now. Now we'll see if that continues, obviously. But, um, yeah, their, their defense is really bad. So, um, Jared Goss playing, actually playing pretty well so far throughout the season. And then, of course, we got <clears throat> tonight's game between two teams that people had high expectations for. Both teams are struggling. Matt Ryan is playing really bad football. He's got, I think, nine fumbles on the year already, uh, yep. a bunch of picks. Russell Wilson doesn't look the same yet. I think Russell will be fine uh, long-term this season, maybe not so much. They they might not have a real good head coach at the moment. It's right. a little bit early, but I, I, think, I think Russell Wilson gets it figured out long-term with the Broncos, but this might not be the year, though. Right. I was listening to the halftime, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was talking that and Tony Gonzalez, they were both kind of talking back and forth that um, Russell needs to be Russell. He's really good outside of the pocket and throwing down the field, and he isn't doing that. Um, yes, it's a new offense. Yes, it's it's learning a new system. Yes, it's a new team, but you still know what Russell Wilson is. He's got almost 10 years in the league of proving what he can do. Um, there comes a point where you just got to be you, and this is how we're going to play. Yeah, it's almost like he's putting too much pressure on himself, maybe, or the coaching staff is. He he needs to run around a little bit more. I know he's older, but he can still move around the pocket. He had a he had an early run uh, there in the beginning of the game where I think he ran for like 18 yards, so he can still yep. move just fine. And he needs to get back to that. Uh, someone was talking about how the receivers aren't used to having a quarterback that takes a little bit longer to throw the ball. Russell does like to hold on to it, and I think Tyler Lockett knew that. They had a good connection. DK Metcalf knew it. So it might take some time for 
Lockett and Jerry Judy and those guys to to kind of connect. But uh, the Broncos need to get it going together. This is a must win for both of these teams. We talked about it for the Iowa teams, both of these teams tonight. Absolute must win. Um, if, the, if the Colts lose, they're basically out of the playoffs. If the Broncos do, uh, it's it's going to be a tough uphill battle. I mean, it, it's just watching this. I don't, I mean, I, I need to study. I'm not watching it 100%, obviously, still doing this. But yeah. just they are, both these quarterbacks are running for their lives. I mean, their offensive lines either are really bad or these defenses are just like, we're blitzing the heck out of you. You beat us. And right now they're not. Um, offensive line play has been really bad. And uh, the Colts were expected to have one of the top 10 lines in the league. And I believe they're one of the bottom five ranked this year right now. Uh, the Colts oh, they're, are. They're, so. they're bad. I mean, they've had holding calls. I mean, there's a kid out of Dallas Catholic punting the football right there. <laughs> yeah, this is it's not good football right now. And there's been a lot of ugly football this year. Uh, the, the NFL is always strange. You never know what you're going to get. <clears throat> you think you do, but uh, we've talked about before. There's only 32 teams. They all have NFL players and you never know what's going on with these guys. They're adults. They have families. They have personal stuff going on. And you might think a team is going to be really good and. They have all sorts of distractions and, and vice versa. So this is an ugly game tonight so far, but a, a must win for both of these teams. And, and I know it's just the way it is, and it, it's not going to change, but this is the old football person in me. But I just think the football isn't as good because they don't practice anymore. It's all walkthroughs. They don't tackle. They don't hit. They don't do – I mean, it's just – I don't know. That's just a little bit of the old school in me that – Nobody practices anymore. I don't. I don't disagree with you on that. They, at practice, it's safer, but uh, they're not hitting as much in practice. Is the big thing, like you said, it's mostly just walkthroughs. So, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's probably showing here, and especially with the O line and D lines. And, and we've talked about this for a few years, where O line play seems to be going down the hill, and I think a lot of that is those. That's a unit that needs to work together. They. You know, they need a lot of reps in practice and preseason, and they're not getting it like they used to. Well, and then, you know, I just look back to when I was at Iowa State. There, you know, there were lots of days where we would go just helmet and shoulder pads, you know, no no leg pads, and, and you didn't tackle people to the ground and everything else like that. But essentially the offense and defensive line, you know, obviously there was some cutting and everything involved that you didn't do. Uh, but man on, man on man, when you're trying to block somebody, essentially it was full go. Every day. Um, and I know that doesn't happen anymore. And, and I just think it's showing a little bit. And it, it's I, I think there are a lot of missed tackles. And and I know the NFL is okay with that because as long as the offense is going, it's fine. Uh, but I, I do think that has a lot to do with it, just the lack of practice of actually playing football. And and. And this is just me. I think that's why people get hurt more now. Everybody says, well, they still get hurt. Well, it's because they don't ever get hit. It takes a little bit of your body to get used to being hit. We all remember when we played football, the the first few days of a pad sucked. Your body hurt and everything. But, you know, at the end of September, your body didn't hurt every time you got hit because you had conditioned it to. Yeah, you build up those calluses like you, like yep. you talked about. Uh, look at the Rams, for example. Their offensive line is is really bad. Matt Stafford 
is playing terrible right now, that there's another team. I mean, yes, you're right. But they're not uh, – they're trying to be safer in practice in the preseason. But you look at some of these teams, and some of these teams are just – they're awful right now. And, yeah, and then the, the NFL wants better offense, and they're getting it in some games. But in some games, some of these teams so far this year can't move the ball at all. And the Broncos right. and Colts are two of them right now. Well, and then you just can't practice as much. I mean, that that's the big thing. I mean, that's as big as thing as anything. I mean, we all remember two a days or three a days, whatever. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, it just rules and everybody thinks it's horrible and but it's what made good football teams. Yeah. And we'll we'll see how it plays out over the next few years. But so far this year, there's there's been a lot of ugly games. There's been a lot of exciting ones. I mean, there always is gonna be when when you have this many uh, good quarterbacks in the league, but we still have we still have a good number of teams that are playing ugly football. So some people might like that, but there, there's a there's a mixture of both right now, and right. it looks like it looks like there's only about really six to eight teams that really can win a Super Bowl today, right. and maybe it's more, maybe it's less, but um, I, I think we kind of know who those teams are at least through one quarter of the season. Yeah, and and then you know you look at. Uh... Like Kansas City offensively is just a machine. Now, they've got a proven quarterback that's really good, really, really good. Like, I think probably the best in the league. I really mm-hmm. believe that. Andy Reid, I think, really is the best in the league and has been for most of 20 years. Um, that's why they're really, really good. The Broncos, Russell Wilson is very good. He's not one of the best in the league. Uh, probably a top 10 guy, but their head coach is, is brand new. And he's learning on the job, and and I think that's showing. It is showing. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Broncos. You're right. I mean, Andy Reid, Mahomes, like, yeah. you know, they're going to be one of the, the final four teams in the AFC, if not the yeah. final two, and they'll probably yeah. be the final two. Yeah, when you have the best coach and the best quarterback, you're going to win. I don't care who you yeah. are. Yeah, and you can overcome – you can, we talk about all the time you can overcome injuries or weird little bounces of the ball, but when you have arguably probably the best quarterback in the league and probably the best coach in the league, uh, that's a massive advantage over almost most of the other teams out there. Well, that's why, I mean, you look at the Patriots in the last 20 years when Brady was with Belichick, that's what they had. They had the best mm-hmm. coach and the best quarterback. It didn't matter who else was there. They had new running backs, new receivers, new defenses. They didn't care. They, they knew they had – I mean, it just didn't matter. No, it, most years it didn't. I mean, they even years that they didn't get to the Super Bowl, they were still in the playoffs and still oh, yeah. a tough team to knock out. So, yeah, the, the the Chiefs are going to be right there at the end. I expect the Broncos look like to be one of those uh, one of those disappointing teams. I mean, New England's looking pretty disappointing right now. I would say every team in the in the AFC West, other than Kansas City, has been a disappointment up to this point. Um, Indianapolis, you know, looking at the NFC real quick. The NFC East is a surprise. It looks like the best division. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're typically you have one good team in that division, the other three suck. As of right now, three are good. I think the Giants are the pretenders. Right. But, but they're three and one, so you have to give them credit up to this point. Um, that that kind of got me into something I was thinking about earlier. I see a bunch of power rankings online, ESPN, NFL, or people do power rankings, and the comments are always like, well, this team has a better record. Why don't you have them higher? It's like, well, if you just want to go look at the standings, you can go look at the standings. But power rankings are basically people's right. opinions. I mean, do you really think the Giants are going to be one of the best teams at the end of the year? 
I don't, not yet. No. I haven't seen enough out of them. So, yeah, they might be three and one, but I'll I'll be surprised if they make the playoffs. I I hundred percent agree with you. Those power power rankings and like if you look at if you go to Vegas and look at college power rankings or the NFL power rankings, they don't change week to week like our feelings and everything else like that. It's all analytics. It's all, you know, they don't overreact like a fan does. Mm -hmm. Um, They they know what the roster is. They know, um, you know, once they learn the injuries and stuff, it'll change a little bit, but they know the backups and everything. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a science those guys put together uh, because that's their livelihood is setting the odds and the spreads and the, and, and everything else like that. Yeah, no. And, and you're right. They, they don't get too, uh, too up or down from week to week and they do projections, you know, they factor in the coaching and the quarterback and, you know, has your defensive coordinator been there a long time and do you have a lot of, a lot of the same players. So that's right. A lot of people get too, uh, too worked up on the overall standings week to week. But if you if you just ask yourself as a reasonable fan, you know, who's going to be there at the end? The Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, probably the Bucks, the Packers, the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think you know it's the usual suspects. The NFC isn't great. So I, I do think I'm with you. I think the Bucks will be there in the end. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you, you can go, like I said, you can look at the records if you want. To me, that's boring. Like that doesn't really tell you a whole lot. Right now, the Giants, as looking on the Yahoo app right here, the Giants would be uh, would be in the playoffs. So, and Green Bay would be the last team in. Uh, Green Bay doesn't look as good as most years, but I think the Giants are going to come back down to reality. Um, you know, there'll be some other teams. Jacksonville looks looks improved. Can they? Oh, keep yeah. up? You know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I believe more in Jacksonville than I do the Giants. I guess if you're looking at it that way. Oh yeah, I I would I would agree with that because. Again, you know, you got you got to look at Jacksonville the last few years. They've been really bad, so they've got to pick some relatively really good players. And so one of these years they're going to turn it around and actually play football. And I think they got a coach that knows what he's doing. Um Urban Meyer is you know, you could argue he's he's probably a top 5 college coach of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh but but obviously it, it did not work in the NFL. And last year was essentially a disaster. Um, and it, it's just amazing the difference, you know, like Nick Saban lasted one year in the NFL, Urban Meyer lasted less than a year, um, uh, Bobby Petrino less than a year. Um, you know, um, the old ball coach Spurrier a few mm-hmm. years, you know, it just, and those are some of the best college coaches that we've had in our lifetimes. As you said during our college football segment, um, the good thing about why these guys go to the NFL, well, they can always come back to college. Right. And, and, and yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you're, you're right though. Some of the, some of the best college coaches of our lifetime were complete flames in the NFL with Urban being, being the biggest by far. Right. And you look at like Saban, you don't know if he would have been, you know, he, he quit and came back to Alabama because he didn't like it or didn't want to do it or anything. You know, if if he stays at Miami, does he win maybe overall? I don't know, maybe, you know, but obviously he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And, you know, do they get Breeze instead of Cole Pepper? Yeah, that say that's out? a huge deal. I, I think that's where some of those guys, I think they just have a hard time. 
you know, in college football, you control your roster. You can control a lot. NFL, a little bit's out of your control. Yeah, I want to go sign, you know, Drew Brees. Well, if he doesn't sign, you don't have him. You can want him all you want. <laughs> yeah, and you can pound the table for him. But yeah. if your owner doesn't want him, if you don't have the cap space, whatever the situation yeah. might be, you don't you don't necessarily get uh, whoever you want. So right, and then okay, so you don't get Drew Brees. Well, now you can't go to the number two guy. You know, that's the other thing. Like in college football, yeah, you want the number one player. Okay, he he did. He went and signed at Georgia. Okay, well now you can go get the number two guy. Well, the number two guy isn't even available, and now you got to go to number 10, mm. you know, and that's just not good. Well, at Alabama and at LSU, he didn't have to go to number 10 ever. Right, right. <laughs> no, he, he'd go one, two, three, four, whatever it was. So, yeah, yeah no, that that's right. And like I said, we're basically one-fourth of the way through the season now, uh, the regular season. And I just wanted to give my updated MVP and top five teams – uh, we'll start with MVP. I think Mahomes is clearly the number one right now. Three and one record. He's got up good stats. I think a lot of people would have Josh Allen too. I'm actually going to put Lamar Jackson at number two. I think if they had, if they were three and one, he'd be right there neck and neck with Mahomes. I believe they yeah. have the same amount of. They, they kind of blew that game. They should yeah, have won that game, and they blew it. He's averaging seven, I think, close to seventy yards rushing a game, which is almost tops in the league, and he's a quarterback. Um, so I'm going to put Lamar two, Josh Allen three. I think those are most people's top three. Uh, I'm going to put Jalen Hurts at four. His passing numbers aren't great, but he runs the ball very effectively, and they're undefeated. And then I'm just putting this guy here at number five for the moment. He won't be here at the end of the year because he appears to be on a bad team. But it's Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff has 11 touchdowns, I think three picks on the season, which is the right. same as Mahomes. Not saying he's the same player, right. but through four weeks. Uh, he's putting up really damn good numbers. So just wanted to give a little shout out to Jared Goff. He's not going to be there at the end of the year. This is just their week four. Uh, shout out to him. And then my people, for, people forget he uh, he was a Super Bowl quarterback uh, yeah. with, the, with the Rams. Yeah, he's he's, he's playing was good. He, was he the overall number one pick? Yeah, he yeah, was. So I mean, he 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 can play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's not. No, he he's adequate. I mean. He's yeah. got good pieces around him, and he's showing it. The problem is he's got the worst defense in the league. Uh, they probably should be two and two or three and one, uh, but they're the Lions, so they're one and three, and that's that's just how what Lions do. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and, and there there is truly something to the culture. It doesn't matter who the players are. It doesn't matter who the coaches are. The Ford family there in Detroit what whatever it is i mean honestly and and that you don't want to sell teams unless you have to or whatever but you know if, if they wanted to change the luck of detroit if they truly wanted the lions to be successful they need to sell it to somebody else and just get, let them try it because whatever is happening to them um is not working no and and detroit's got to be careful because i think they love dan campbell and they, they've got some stuff figured out offensively they've got they've got it figured out on offense and they've got Dan Campbell, who the players believe in. But if they keep losing games, eventually the players are going to, you know, just natural. They're going to start losing faith in the the coaches. And the Lions don't have a lot of time left. They, they need to get to six or seven wins this year. Otherwise, you know, Dan Campbell, I think he signed a six-year deal. So he'll probably be back for a third year, which I think he should right. be. Right. But you, you, you start to wonder, will the players maybe start to give up on the team? Uh, 
at a, at a point, and that and that happens. So, uh, shout out to Jared Goff. The offense is playing good, and then just get into my top five teams. I'm going to put the Chiefs at number one for the reasons we already talked about. Reed and Mahomes. That's that's all you need to know. I'm going to put the Eagles at number two. I did pick them to be in the NFC Championship game. I love what they're doing, uh, but I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Chiefs. Number three, I'll put the Bills. Oh, yeah. And my fourth team is probably going to be a surprise, but I'm going to put the 49ers. Their I don't disagree player. with that. I, I you know, um, Jimmy G's taking a couple games to get uh, ready, but uh, if he just plays above average, he doesn't have to be great. If he just plays above average, they're going to be a tough out. Their defense is playing at a historic rate. I mean, they're oh, yeah. giving up uh, super low yards per play. I don't think they've allowed a first half touchdown yet this season, if I remember hearing that stat right. And they have all the weapons that you could want uh, on offense. So you're right. Jimmy G's just has to – don't turn the ball over, basically. Right. And they're going to win a lot of football games. So I think they have a really good roster. I think they might be a, so, sort of a sneaky pick, maybe not completely sneaky to, to get to the NFC Championship game. And then at number five, I think they're going to be fine once they get healthy as the Bucks. Yeah, I, I I do too. I mean, it's they'll be fine. I, I truly believe that. And I know I know Miami has a better record. Uh and maybe maybe some other teams that you could put up ahead of them, the Packers, the Vikings, um, Dallas, but I'm gonna put the Bucks at number five. Uh this whole Tom Brady situation, I think it's gonna fuel them. Um, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. We've all heard the rumors of voice right. lawyers being involved, but I think it's going to give him, he's always looking for little motivations, things to, things to keep him going. I think this is going to be the biggest one of all. Uh, he's going to go out there and want to prove himself. So I, I still think the Bucks are going to be in the NFC championship game at the end of the year. I just think it'll be against either the 49ers or the Eagles. I think those are the three in the NFC. Yep. No, I, I agree. Um, it's, you know, kind of the usual suspects and, you know, you really can't out count out Green Bay yet um, because, again, they play in the NFC North. The Bears are not good. Lions are the Lions. Minnesota is Minnesota. So there's yeah. a lot of wins to be had right there without playing anybody else. No, there is. Um, and, and the Packers could be there. They just seem a little bit off right now. Yeah, I, I agree. But you you said it. They're they're definitely one of the top five or six teams in the NFC. So there's no reason to think that they can't be there at the end, especially when you got Aaron Rodgers. Matt Lafleur has been there fourth or fifth year now. So there's no reason to be surprised if they end up in the in the championship game. They're in the NFC. So uh, getting into one of the last sections here, uh, my spread picks on the year have not been good. Went one and two last week. Another bad week. So if you're if you're listening week by week. Do the opposite of what I'm doing. I'm 10 and 13 on the year. Yep, fade Trevor. Uh, fade, yeah, absolutely. Uh, week one was good. The other three have been terrible. So I actually have seven I'm doing this week. This could be oh. a make or, make or break uh, week for me. I'm going to take the Browns plus two and a half at home versus Chargers. Take the Seahawks plus five and a half on the road at the Saints. The Saints really haven't shown anything this year to really be considered a good team. I think five and a half is a lot. Take the 49ers minus six and a half on the road to Carolina. Yeah. Typically, that's uh, you wouldn't do that, but I, I think this might be the game where uh, Matt Rule potentially gets fired after the game. I think the 49ers could really put it on Baker. He's played awful this year. 
worse than probably Matt Ryan has. I'm going to take the Rams minus five and a half at home versus Dallas. I think Dallas comes back down to reality. I think the Rams will get their get their shit together at least for one week. Bengals plus three and a half on the road at at the Ravens. That's more just a divisional game, three and a half. I'm going to take the hook there, getting half a point. And then the final two, I got the Titans minus one and a half at Washington. Washington seems like a mess, uh, almost like they've quit on put on their coach. So I'm going to trust Rabel in that situation. And then the final one, Eagles minus five on the road at the Cardinals, which is probably a bad pick again. But the Cardinals, Cardinals are one of those teams kind of like Washington and kind of like Carolina. They just don't seem to have anything going right now this year. So those are my seven. Uh, they could break me or kill me. They'll probably end up being three and four or four and three. They really won't make much of a difference. Just as long as I don't go one and six. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> but no, other than that, that's that's just NFL talk. Um, are you watching the game right now? Is it getting yep. close to the end? Yeah, I'm I'm watching it. Uh guy from Broncos just got hurt. They just carted him off. And it was looked like a broken leg, kind of a lineman rolled up on. Um, looked to me like I would guess a broken leg. Oh, well, wonderful. Another broken leg. Yeah, I'm looking here. It looks like they're they're starting to get into field goal range, the Broncos are. Yeah, they've ran it right down Indianapolis's Colt Colts's throat here this drive. Um, I know I, I was kind of gonna, you know, talk to you here, and, and I think we've hit on this a little bit, but uh kind of the re- remember when section. Uh with with Georgia Tech and Colorado both firing their coaches early in the year. The year is nineteen ninety, and those two teams share the national title. I knew Colorado did. I, I I forgot that Georgia Tech did. Yeah, and and you think about that, they have won a national title um, since Notre Dame has, and since Georgia has until last year. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you think about the teams. You know, um, you know, nineteen ninety is a long time ago. A but... bunch of schools that you could throw in there too. On top of that, right? Yeah, that's I Georgia Tech. I forgot. That's a good one. I forgot about forgot about that one. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't so many years ago. Iowa beat Georgia Tech in a, you know, New Year's Six Bowl and down in the Orange Bowl, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's it, it's just it's it's just really is kind of amazing how many uh, um, how fast teams can go. I actually saw a thing that uh, ten win seasons by Wisconsin coaches in the history of Wisconsin football. Barry Alvarez four. Gary Anderson was only there one year, but he has one. Brett Bielema, four. And Paul Chris, four. That's it. I would have guessed three, but yeah, four. And they're, yeah, that's why uh, Joel Klatt said he thought it was a sort of a mutual agreement that uh, Chris didn't like the way college football was going. And the team wasn't trending the way he thought. So he, he kind of thought it was a mutual separation there. Which, I mean. What it. I, there must be something to it because everything that I've read and everything that like he was actually owed like $20 million or whatever. And they negotiated it down to like 11 million bucks. So, um, which, you know, again, kind of on your point, if it was truly a firing um, and, and he wanted to stay, you'd be like, well, you're paying me the money, you know? Um, why would, yeah. why would you negotiate anything down? Um, there has to be something to that where they, it was, there was no bad blood type of deal. Right. It sounds and, like. And that's the thing is he's from Madison. He played there. He coached there. I mean, so he is Wisconsin. 
you know, much like Scott Frost. You know, you, you think of the mm-hmm. same thing. He's from Nebraska, played there, play, won a national title there. I mean, you know, um, only he didn't want to leave. Obviously, it was just, you know, and and he's going to get all his money, and I don't blame him. He signed those contracts. That's what it's for. Um, but, yeah, for him to negotiate that money, now I do know, you know, some of it has to do with he's going to get $11 million by February 1st, um, so he's going to get it all at once, and there's no – he can go get a job tomorrow, you know, not that he will, but he could go work somewhere tomorrow and not have to give any money back. So, I mean, there is some negotiations there where sometimes you can't have another job or if you do go get, you know, a job, you know, say, you know, Paul Chris could go probably go get another, like Georgia Tech would probably hire him if he wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to pay him $5 million a year. Um, you know, if he was getting his $20 million, you know, each every dollar that he gets from Georgia Tech, you know, lowers the the pay the payout um, that Wisconsin would. But that is not part of this agreement. Uh, so that might have been something where maybe he, you know, he's a Wisconsin guy. Maybe he wants one of these other jobs, you know, um, a little bit. And it was a mutual. Hey, I'll leave. You know, they had a meeting where hey, things aren't going well. Hey, do you want me to go? You know, I mean, I don't know yeah. how this stuff works. Um, Maybe he goes to Alabama and uh, just like a lot of coaches and goes there for a year or two and does whatever Saban wants him to do. Not that right. he, you know, oh, he's a Midwest oh, he guy. But... Absolutely he could. Um, save, I think Saban would would uh, like that. He's he's won both places he's been. Um, a little bit different offense than, than he runs now. Um, so just a little bit different ideas and stuff so yeah i mean it wouldn't shock me a bit if he does something like that yeah it seems like that's where most coaches go to revitalize their careers out there. And, and here's what's funny is those guys you know like butch jones you know they make a big deal out of this was paid like 4.5 million dollars a year at tennessee he gets fired he goes to alabama and gets paid twenty five thousand dollars a year to be an analyst well one that's what analysts get paid and two it's because of that money, like, okay, so Tennessee's not going to pay him $25,000. You know, he doesn't want a million dollar a year job because he wants to stick it to Tennessee a little bit. Yeah. So he wants that, you know, um, he can go have his job. He can learn. I mean, he would do that job for free and make Tennessee even pay that $25,000. But I don't think that's, I think they have to pay him something. You know? Something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up somewhere really good program. Russell oh, Wilson just threw another pick in the end zone. Did he really? <laughs> yes. I saw they they, they have we, a these quarterbacks coaches? and these offensive lines are awful. What is good? I mean, there, there's only two twenty three left. You can't turn the ball over. I mean, I'm watching on Yahoo. Right. So I'm two thirteen, and he just threw a pick in the end zone. They're showing all the Denver fans with their hands on their head, just like this. I know at home you can't see it, but hand and I can uh, picture it. I can picture yeah. it. Uh, yeah, that's a bad one because worst, worst case scenario, you should get out of there with a field Oh, yeah, they were on the 15-yard line. Yeah, so field goal for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with the Broncos. It's it's not even close. Oh, man. Yeah, he's I, – I still have faith in him, but it's about as bad a start as he could have had so far. Your, your Hall of Fame bet might be dropping a little bit there, Trev. Yeah, he'll still get in for the Hall of Fame. I still think that's a lock, but – He's got a lot. He's got about five to seven years left to play in. 
but he's off to a slow start here. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, they just hit it. It's going to go all. Oh, I was going to go back the other way. They just hit his arm. They just hit uh, Matt Ryan's hands, and the ball went up in the air. And I think I thought it was going to get picked, but I actually think it got caught. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, what? All right. Well, two minutes left here. Two-minute warning. Let's wrap this up. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm going to turn the game on. I'm going to yep, so watch minute. the end of the game. And and thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, hopefully the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes can pull something out this week uh, so we can have a little bit more uh, fun conversation on college football next year, next week. That's right. Both get a win. Let's have a good good conversation next week. Uh, more guy will let you go. We'll watch this game, and we'll, we'll talk next week. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night. Yep, you too.